While we continue with this conversation on the talking point today, today marks International Day of Older Persons and it really presents an opportunity for us to reflect on how people are treated as they age. Now, we're looking at a situation where life expectancies globally are expected to increase over the next couple of decades. So it said that children who are born in 2020 are expected to live to over 100 years in the majority, um, you know, due to a whole lot of interventions that now obviously allow people to live as long as possible. But of course, on the downside of that is that as people age, as they get older, unfortunately, it also means that they face various types of discrimination um, from society. And that discrimination, ageism, part of, uh, as, as it's often described, will entail quite a number of things. So uh, people are effectively seen to not having anything valuable to contribute towards society. They are excluded socially to a large extent. They are mistreated, looked down on, and the list really goes on and on. Dr. Sihe Nklabati is a member of the South African Society of Psychiatry, and she joins me for this conversation this morning. Uh, Dr. Nklabati, good morning to you, and thanks for your time. Good morning, Ms. Thank you for having me. Good morning to the listeners. Mm. And, and, you know, I was just listing a, a small portion of what it means when people begin to age. But you know a lot more about the subject. You deal with the cases, you know, firsthand and are able to give us a much better picture of what discrimination against the elderly actually looks like. Yes, thank you for this opportunity. And we are grateful that it's the 1st of October and we get to try and highlight um, these important issues in our society. So just to start and say, what is ageism? It is basically stereotyping, uh, putting uh, individuals in a box uh, and discriminating against them based off their age. Um, One would wonder how have we gotten here? Um, What are the origins of ageism? Um, If we look at our modern uh, capitalist economies, they highly encourage putting people in a box and looking at them as those that are aged and those that are young. Uh, People are marginalized and forced into retirement, which results most of the time in idleness. And it also ends up lowering their social and economic status. Um, There are also some psychological explanations, for example, um, behind uh, stereotyping and ageism. It is uh, easier for human beings to think about uh, scenarios in silos because you don't have enough time most of the time to uh, think things through. So for survival, you just assess things once off in a quick fashion, Uh, organize certain individuals into certain expectations that you have of them and put others in certain categories. So um, the tendency, like you said, is that people are seen as, uh, all the people in particular are seen as homogenous, that they are similar, uh, they are perceived as a threat to society because they are a burden 
on the healthcare system and on uh, our social welfare resources. Um, an important thing also to highlight is that uh, ageism uh, stems from our own fear of our own mortality. We know that people don't live forever and we know that aging is inevitable. We don't want to die, we want to live forever. So we tend to develop a fear of um, aging in general. When we talk about some of the false assumptions that that are made about you know elderly people, whether it's their physical or even their mental ability, which are some of those that actually affect them the most? Okay, so there are negative stereotypes uh, where the competence of an elderly individual is always doubted. Uh, all the people are deemed to lack creativity. In the workspace, older people are perceived to be uh, more cost, uh, more costly to the employer in terms of uh, they need to be taken care of in terms of their health, medical aid, for example. They will probably need to take more time off because of their comorbid medical illnesses. They are also regarded as less productive uh, compared to the younger population. We live in an era of technology, and elderly people are often perceived as unable to um, assimilate to the use of technology. Um, older people are also uh, well assumed that they are always physically ill or physically frail, um, and therefore when the employer looks at them, they immediately assume that uh, it's better to hire a younger person. Meanwhile, there are other positives that uh, the elderly do bring uh, to the table. For example, things like uh, maintenance of organizational memory, um, loyalty. They are experienced in terms of decision-making. They are more... um, uh, safer or they make more uh, better informed decisions compared to uh, a younger cohort. So all these stereotypes need to be balanced in a manner in order to uh, promote uh, what we call active aging. One of the things that um, I like what you have done is that you have looked at some of the policy decisions that have been put in place by government under COVID-19 and how that has exacerbated some of the stereotypes that are held about, uh, you know, elderly people. And and it also gives examples of what we could fundamentally be doing differently. Yes, that's true. I think it, it's very sad uh, what, uh, well, the, the, the results of COVID-19, that, that what it's done to uh, people that are aged, and above. For example, um, when COVID-19 uh, became uh, a pandemic that's close to about two years ago, it was uh, broadly uh, understood that uh, the elderly population are more at risk. It is understandable because of their comorbid medical conditions that they often have and their immunity that is at risk. But society basically perceived this as an other uh, problem. It was not perceived as a problem that affects the whole of the community. That is why you would have situations where 
uh, the younger population was still found clubbing, still found uh, gathering in, in, in large groups because it was an other problem and it was not everybody's problem in terms of old age homes or old age retirement facilities. The, the lockdown uh, meant that the elderly were stuck where they live and they couldn't actually have interaction or visits from their family members. That led to a lot of social isolation, a lot of depression, um, and uh, an increase in uh, suicidality uh, ideation. Um, also, if you uh, look at uh, the policy uh, of recording of death, mm. we haven't really seen um, deaths being uh, recorded uh, in terms of those that are 60 and above and highlighted in terms of media coverage. You find that uh, the death of a younger person seems to have more of a center stage compared to the death of an older person because it is expected in society and it feels like mm. uh, less of a loss yes, if an yes. older person dies compared mm. uh, to a younger person. And unfortunately, these ageist attitudes are then internalized by the elderly. For example, if as a child you uh, are told that you are incapable and uh, you can't, for example, understand math, your chances of having a positive uh, attitude towards uh, learning and understanding math is lower. So if elder people are treated as unimportant and uh, their deaths are less of a consequence, uh, the older people also internalize that and it, it really um, adversely affects their quality of life. What you're saying is so important, and it's not just limited to, uh, you know, what happens when when somebody who is elderly dies and the fact that, you know, it, the impact seems to be somewhat lessened that, well, this person has lived their life, so it's, it's not that bad. But I, I also like the mental health aspect that you are touching on because when we think about the elderly people in our spaces, Perhaps we don't often think about how they feel exactly the way that we do because they've lived longer. We expect that perhaps they've, you know, they just uh, have have developed some kind of buffers to whatever it is that life throws at them. And yet they feel exactly the way all of us do. Yes. And I think it's important to to realize the humanity uh, in the elderly. I mean, Sis Kathy, we are all going there. Uh, it's inevitable that if we are blessed to live long enough, we also will eventually end up being classified as the elderly. And the very same stereotypes that we have towards people that are elderly, these are the very same stereotypes that will apply to us. Mm. And I think the value of uh, an elderly person in the society uh, is not recognized. Uh, these are the people... Uh, that are the breadwinners in the majority of our society in South Africa. These are the people uh, that we leave our kids with when we go off to look for work in the major centers. These are the people who uh, hold uh, cultural knowledge, like I was saying, even in terms of employment, organizational knowledge. Uh, but because of westernization, because 
uh, we no longer get taught certain skills uh, by our elders. They are not regarded as the wise ones in the villages where we come from. We've practically dismissed uh, their importance in society and we look at them as more of an inconvenience Mm. than uh, as people who actually have value to add to our lives. This is such an important conversation. We're talking to Dr. Sike Nklabati. She's a member of the South African Society of Psychiatry. And we're really looking at the extent to which some of the stereotypes and ageism attitudes uh, towards the elderly um, affect them, how they also more broadly affect society. I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006. You can weigh in on this conversation. The number is 011-714-2006. Dr. Nklabati, when we talk about active aging, what does that mean? And, And are there particular countries that we can be learning from who are doing it really well? Yes, so there are several determinants of active aging. So active aging, basically, we refer to a scenario where the elderly uh, are treated uh, in a manner where their independence and autonomy uh, is fostered, where they have great quality of life, where they also feel like they have something to bring to the table. And if we we look at those determinants, or let's say predictors, we are talking about uh, economically, you know, um, in job uh, situations, most of the time, um, uh, elderly people have a lot of experience. And Mm. in a context like South Africa, where there is a high unemployment rate, maybe the answers to those questions lie in people who have had experience in the workforce. If we look at uh, health and uh, the social aspect, that's one of the other determinants of of active aging. Um, We need to look at attitudes of uh, medical staff, uh, other interdisciplinary staff in hospitals. the tendency is that elder people are feared because they are regarded as uh, complicated patients because uh, by the time you hit 60, uh, statistics say you already have one or two chronic illnesses like hypertension or diabetes or some other chronic disease. Mm. Um, Even in training facilities where you're training your doctors, there is a reluctance for uh, medical students to actually engage. If they walk into a room, they will definitely choose to go into the younger patient because the younger patient is perceived as more uh, uh, easier uh, to deal with. In terms of uh, the third factor, which is behavioral modification, um, if you internalize hopelessness and you internalize the fact that you don't bring any value and you are expected to be sick, your attitude is going to be not to try things like lifestyle modification where you watch what you're eating, where you try to exercise because already you're working from a place where you don't see your place in uh, society. Also, Mm. socially, you know, uh, we can try to be more inclusive. Uh, There's technology now, regular Zoom calls to your parents, even though, uh, you know, we've, we've come from... Uh, we are still in, in the pandemic and we're still trying to socially distance. 
in other countries, there are programs where intergenerational interactions are encouraged uh, between populations. So you find that uh, school children or primary or preschool children are taken to go to uh, the retirement facilities or to visit the elderly in their communities in order to try and break those barriers between sure. uh, those generations. All right. Uh, Dr. Nkabati, we've got a couple of callers that uh, that are on the line. Uh, John, good morning to you. You're calling us from the Eastern Cape. Mm-hmm. Morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank um, you, John. Good. Uh, and your guest. Uh, I'm, good morning. I'm 68, just about 69, so I suppose I qualify as an elderly person. Do I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to yeah. say yes and then I'm being ageist <laughs> yeah, and well, then, you know, so, uh, I, I, Dr. Nkabati? When you qualify as an elderly person, just like uh, it always amazes me that uh, that you can be in your 40s and you still qualify as a youth or the ESS, etc. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'm so... I'm 68, going on 69. I'm in active professional life. Um, <clears throat> I always say I've got twice the energy of people half my age, and I think I actually demonstrate that. Uh, and I do I do jobs in half the time that I used to do when I was half my what I presently am now. Mm. Uh, I'm far more efficient at what I do, and I'm sorry to say it. I know you mean well. But programs like these come across as rather condescending. You know, you're talking about the elderly as them and, you know, shame, poor, the poor people. Uh, truly, uh, you know, uh, elderly people have huge resources. And uh, I, I don't think one should speak uh, condescendingly about the elderly people, about old, older people. Let's, let's say older people. Mm, mm. <laughs> okay. Thanks very much. All right, John, thanks for that point. Thanks for that view. Look, it's, it's, all right, it's certainly something to uh, to think about, condescending. Um, is, is that the, the view that, that, that you've heard expressed when you are talking on these issues, uh, Dr. Nklabati? Uh It is a valuable point that mm. John has, and it is often the experience of uh, elderly persons. Uh, for example, in Canada, uh, there is a registrar, uh, a register that uh, people that are elderly, 65 years and, and above, they are required to register themselves in a register that is referred to as the vulnerable persons register. You know, so he, he does have a point in saying mm. the experience of the elderly most of the time is that uh, they are condescending attitudes uh, that are, are directed towards them. But I think um, the value in uh, talking about this is, all, is in order to dispel uh, those myths that exist around uh, how we view elderly persons. Just to give a, a, a clearer definition, uh, in terms of South Africa, we look at elderly uh, or you're classified as elderly from the age of 60 onwards and internationally it is 65. Okay, all right. Thanks for that. Franz and Pulukwani, good morning. Good morning, Matateva. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm good. And to the doctor there. Um, mm. Tessie, um, you know what? Coming from a, a rural province uh, like Limpopo, you know what I've witnessed about our elders, I mean our senior citizens, uh, most of 
family members, they just, you know, have them to benefit from this uh, grant money and everything, and they don't take care of, uh, of those people and their well-being. You know, I'm speaking like this because um, I'm in a situation where I'm staying, you know, at a, at a farm. I'm staying with my grandfather, who's 103 years old. Um, I got my uncle Ramaholo, who's uh, 86. I got my father, who's 76. I got my mom, who's 70. And um, you know what? Um, this thing of taking our elders, you know, to retirement village and everything as Africans, it doesn't help a lot. You know, I'm I'm so proud and happy of myself because I have these people under one roof, and they can, you know, wake up in the morning, have a, a breath of fresh air, walk around, see the cattle, the goats, the chickens. They can do their gardening, you know. And they hardly, my family member, they hardly visit doctors. It's only my mom because of her comorbidities. But the rest of the others that I've mentioned, they enjoy their life. They enjoy here, even on school holidays when grandchildren come and visit them. And when they get their money at the end of of the month, they do whatever they do with their money. No one is asking them anything, right. and I'm so happy mm. because they are living. I mean, a good life. Uh, Franz, thank you so much for that input. Uh, Franz, calling us from Kolokwane, is certainly a, a, an example of of how it it can be done. But I think the issue of, of of old age homes it really comes down to personal decisions, right, and personal preferences. Dr. Silken Klabati, let me thank you so much for your time today. We're going to have to leave it there. It's just after eleven o'clock, and Musa has your latest news update.